0: If you have the same vision as International Horse College, which is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses, and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people, then have a look at their website, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, Catherine Shriver's on again today. How are you, Catherine?
1: I'm doing well today. Thank you, Glennis.
0: That's wonderful, Catherine. Now, we've had Catherine on before, I'm just trying to think, Catherine. It's been quite a few times, so um, I think four <laughs> yes. times this would be your fifth time on. Is that about right? Yeah.
1: Yes, ma'am, and, that's it. And yeah.
0: always interesting conversation. So Catherine runs a, a horse century called Dharma Horse in New Mexico,
1: is it? Yes, in, yep, in New Mexico. Yep, yep.
0: Okay, and today we're going to be talking about 10 points for effective communication when riding. Catherine, why are we choosing this subject
1: I think that a lot of times people think of horses as tools that they're using to create something rather than partnering with the horse and communicating with the horse through, you know, the riding aids, through the signals that we give. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I
0: think that's a good explanation. You know, it's not just a tool, it's about the communication. Yeah.
1: Yes. So
0: the first thing you've got, what's the first thing?
1: Develop a quiet seat because mm. yeah, movement must have meaning. Horses feel everything, yes. right? They are yeah. aware of every movement we make. Whether it has meaning to them or not is up to us. You know, horses feel the little pre-signals that we give before we actually give our aids, before we tell them what we want. And that's how they seem to anticipate our aids and requests. They learn what we do before we ask for something. So uh, we can make them make them, it's a per, not a good word, mm-hmm. we can influence them uh, with the smallest signals, the smallest movements. So why not do that? Why not lighten that relationship? Um, because they're feeling it, they feel everything that we do. You know, in the beginning, a rider has an interfering seat. You know, mm-hmm. when you're a beginner, mm-hmm. and you're first riding. Of course, not, no not balance, no coordination. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so Beginning horses, horses that teach beginners are amazing beings because they learn, you know, kind of what to ignore and, yes. and what to try to listen to. Mm-hmm. And as as the rider develops, they get what we call a, a following seat, so yeah. they're able to kind of follow the horse's motion. Mm-hmm. Eventually, as you progress, you get an influencing seat. Mm-hmm. You have the ability to use your seat to actually say something to help the horse understand. Um, your hands can be there or not, and your your legs can be there or not, but your seat is always connected to the horse, hopefully, mm. that your seat's always there. So it can have the most influence if you become aware of your own weight distribution and the movements that you make.
0: Yep, yep. And if it's not a quiet seat, if it is an interfering seat, you know, we talk about the beginner type horses that have got such tremendous natures that they will just yeah. keep going around, but you know, a more sensitive yeah. horse is going to the first thing they're going to do if this, the rider's moving too much, they'll hollow their back, they'll run on, they'll make the ride uncomfortable mm-hmm. and uncomfortable for the horse and the rider. So if the rider can be quiet, it makes it better for the rider after the making it better for the horse.
1: Absolutely. I believe in a process of the rider learning where they can be on the lunge line. Mm. So that, yes, definitely. So, it's much yeah. safer,
0: much safer it is, and much better feel, for yep. the horse. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's got to be a priority. It really has to. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that if you, you know, beginners on a horse, the first thing they are going to do is try and hang on with the reins and mm-hmm. at least on the lunch line they can develop that independent seat a little bit better without interfering with the horse. And uh, better for horse welfare. You know, the horse then is not confused, not upset. They just say, oh, yeah, all I have to do is go around here ignore the person on my back, listen to the person in the middle. I can trot a bit slow, that's okay, you know, but I've just got to keep going. (laughs) And the horse is happy Yeah, rather than having a beginner on who doesn't know how to communicate with the horse and the horse doesn't know how to respond.
1: It's confusing.
0: Mm, Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what about the hands? You know, we obviously don't want to pull and yank and everything, but you've got a unique way of talking to people about using the hands.
1: I, th- I say to use your hands like you're pushing a shopping cart mm-hmm. down the aisle. Um, you're not gonna pull on it, yank on it. You know, turn it suddenly, yeah. let go of it completely. You you don't want to pull on the reins. You don't want to drop the reins like dropping the horse into a vacuum. You want there to be that that connection. You know, um, imagery is potent. Yep. Yeah. You imagine and visualize uh when you halt a horse think of imagine that you drop an anchor down from your spine Mm -hmm. instead of grabbing the reins and pulling to stop him imagine that together you just manifest this halt and you can imagine that you have an eyeball in the middle of your chest and you use that to look where you want to go instead of your steering wheel You (laughs) you don't have a steering wheel and brakes you have reins that are a connection not so much for the horse to feel you, but for you to feel the horse. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. and um, I was taught that you have your hands in a base position when you ride and you yield from the base position and come back rather than pull from the base position. Because if you pull from that base position, the horse will naturally pull, he'll become compressed instead of collected. A rider that that neck reins, I call it a bearing rein, but like a a Western style rider that neck reins. Your hand position has to be consistent. You're using the one hand. It's to keep the weight of the rein consistent. Mm. Everything you do, the horse feels. And once again, whether it has meaning or not is up to the rider. And if you think of that neck reining, that bearing rein as pushing the horse's neck to the side rather than taking and forcing the horse's neck. You're really, when you're riding uh, Western style, you're using your seat and your legs and your balance and all of that, all your visualization more than you're using the reins anyway. Yeah. So yeah. Make, make things as clear and consistent as possible and your hands should be that connection that feels the horse.
0: Yes, yes, yes. And I like the way you're saying about the pulling and the yanking. The horse doesn't mind a contact as long as it's consistent, but it's the the yanking and the pulling that they don't understand, and that's what they get upset about. Exactly. What about um, your hips? You've got something about lining up your hips where you want the horse's hips to be, so just explain that a little bit more.
1: This is a really important concept that I was taught and continue to teach, is that, and once again, the beginning rider is going to tend to follow the horse's body, Mm -hmm. but to have influence on the horse, you want to put your body, we'll talk about the hips first, put your mm-hmm. hips where you want the horse's hips to be. You direct your horse's energy with your hips and your legs. And a lot of times someone will say, well, out, outside leg back. In reality, it's your outside hip coming back. Back, that is the influencer. Mm-hmm.
0: That that's on a circle, like if a horse is on a circle. Right, yeah, anyway. I should say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. Yeah. So that's what I'm imagining. I just want to confirm yeah. it with you. Maybe yes. maybe
1: say that clearly. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. W- the horse will eventually follow us. We have to be impeccable with that position because as we communicate more clearly and and become in rapport with the horse, he starts to emulate us. If you watch a rider having a difficult time picking up a canter lead, inevitably they're lining their body up for the the outside lead, the wrong lead. Mm, mm, and, yes. you, know, you may want an outside lead for a counter canter, but it's a wrong lead if the horse is bent to the inside cantering around on that yes, outside lead. Yes. For counter canter yes. they need they need to be flexed and bent in so the, direction. the leading
0: lead. Yep, yep.
1: Exactly. But we have we have that ability we can master our own bodies to direct the horse's body. Mm-hmm. And holding holding that hip position that we want for the horse to do, like for shoulder in or haunches in, or to signal that, that lead in a canter, it'll encourage the horse to align with us. Yes. We must concentrate on riding from our core, mm-hmm. our shoulders to hips. That's our core to influence the horse, not so much that we are banging on them with our legs and grabbing them with the reins.
0: Yeah, yeah. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So, if you work in the horse industry... 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Just one other thing, you know, about the hips you you know, you said it when you're teaching the rider to put their leg back, and it's actually the hip that goes back. Because Mm -hmm. if you talk about the hips, then there's less likelihood of the horse, of the rider just bending their knee and allowing the heel to draw up. But if you talk about the hip, that sort of starts the whole leg to come back right. rather than just bending
1: the knee and allowing the heel to draw up. yeah, Right, exactly. Yeah. What about yeah. shoulders? How
0: can we line that up?
1: That's a, That same sort of thing. Um, just like with our hips, the horse uh, will perceive the shoulder position and at first we'll tend to follow him. Um, he starts to counterflex and look to the outside and mm. we'll tend to be following and going with him. And so he's, he's kind of directing our position, but if we consistently – Will will be clear and shift ourselves where we want him to be. He'll begin to follow us. He's looking for that. Mm. If you use your outside rein, you know this is riding in English style riding, uh, your dressage or something. Yeah, You're using yeah. your your outside rein as a regulator, mm-hmm. and your inside rein softens the horse. You make the circles and the turns by bending the horse's body, not by pulling his head around, yeah. and. Yeah, that's the way we want to, whether it's a bitless bridle, we're riding with a bit, we're riding with a halter. Mm, Um, We want to think of that. We shape the horse's energy around that turn or to take him straight, which, by the way, is harder to do is to go perfectly straight. But by thinking of this, then we stretch the outside of his body instead of contracting the inside of his body yeah. and he step he steps through the curve that we want it's kind of like if you think of the vertebra in his spine yes. as being like like the cars on a train mm-hmm. you know all the train mm-hmm. cars yeah. and the train train is following the train tracks around curves and you know through the mountains yeah. we think of the movement that we want to make we imagine that his spine is what's following the track of the desired path
0: You've got some really good um, visualization exercises. You know, I think that's a good one, just following the track.
1: Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So we're we're influencing his body, not just, you know, putting his head where we want it to go. Mm. Now, when I work with a beginner, I'm always telling the beginners where he's looking is where he's intending to go. So you've got to think, have him look where you want to go. But then it's much more than that. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. How important is the voice? You know, to use your voice. I mean, some competitions, you can't use your voice. But, you know, you can do a bit under your breath.
1: (laughs) That's that's what happens so often. Um, Really, I believe in using the voice and saying the horse's name. Your horse Mm -hmm. knows his name. Um, And that can get his attention. Um, You talk about your next task. You count the strides to a jump or down the long side of the arena. Horses can have trouble with what's called object permanence. And they don't fully feel secure when we disappear up onto their backs. That's why um, the hand walking, going walkabout on the trails beside the horse builds so much confidence in both the human and the horse. And saying their name gets their attention quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about now, I know a lot of dressage riders who do this little, that the judge won't hear, yep. but it's to get the horse's attention back. Mm-hmm. And they, they're doing it all the time. You're going around, you're hearing all the time. Mm-hmm. It's not so much what we're doing, uh, what we're saying, um, because the horses are sensitive. They perceive intention, and they understand the tone of voice. Mm, So mm. it's not so much what we say, but we don't want to growl at them. We don't want to yell at them. We want to do the the things with our voice that build confidence and remind them that we're there. Yes. That. It's, it's another being communicating with them mm-hmm. that they're not just a tool.
0: How much should we listen to the horse then? You know, we talk about using our voice, but do we listen? Yeah. Do we trust that's, what we hear?
1: Yeah, that's it. Um, you don't want your horse to feel captured, you know, mm-hmm. that he is captured by yeah. your hands and legs. Yeah. He should he should flow like a river between your aids, between the reins and your soft legs. You feel him shift and stretch. Um, you get him back where you want him to be when that, that river starts to kind of go past its banks. You are listening to him because he's giving you just as many signals as you're giving him. Mm-hmm. And you want to use your legs like a gentle hug. Um, it's about that, that connection that you have where your, your core, your being is dancing mm-hmm. with that horse and him with you, rather than he's just contained and compressed and can't get away from your hands and your legs. And when that happens, you know, he, he'll submit, it's not yeah. a word I care, for, I don't care for submission, mm-hmm. um, but he will submit to that because he knows there may be consequences or it feels like, you know, the easy way to deal with it but in the long run, what you want is for him to feel the joy of this dance with you. Yeah. Learning to trust, yeah. Learning to trust him. It's like um, you are listening to what he's giving back to you, and you're trusting that he means it, and he's just trying to communicate. So if he's upset about something, you find out why, because there's always a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. And you trust that. A horse doesn't have bad intentions towards you. He just has responses. Mm -hmm. And if something gets too overwhelming, he has reactions. And we need to stay in that space where we are responding, not reacting ourselves, and allow that horse, trust him to follow your direction. Yes. Direct him and then allow him, right? (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now, Talk to us about the engine, the horse's engine.
1: This is one I just I just love because many people concentrate upon what they can see, yes. and that's the head, the yeah. head, the well, neck, and the shoulders. In front of yeah. yeah, right. So that that's all sense. I just think about. Yeah. yeah, but we need to shift our attention to to what we feel, and that's that's the haunches, that's the engine of the horse pushing forward. I, I have this really cool thing that I thought of many years ago. There's a movie called The African Queen. Yeah. And there's a there's a scene in it where the boat's just out of control flowing down this river, and um, Humphrey Bogart's character is just pulling and pulling and trying to start the engine. Uh-huh. And his companion says, you know, why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? And he says, in order to steer the boat, you have to have the engine running. And I love that because in order to direct the horse, you have to have energy to direct. yes horse's energy comes from his engine which is his haunches and everything about balancing him uh we can call it collection we can call it lots of things but everything is about helping him to bring his haunches under more as soon as we sit on his back the weight of the rider in the very beginning until he learns how to carry our weight causes his his back his top line to drop and then his his haunches are out behind him a bit. Yeah. So as he he learns to carry us and the haunches come under more, we are able to help him be stronger physically. We are able to help him move in the direction we want to go, just like that that movie. In order to steer the boat, you have to have the engine running. Mm-hmm. And that's my my visualization always. Mm-hmm. With there has to be energy. We're not, we're not shaping and working with the horses Body as much as we are shaping and working with the horse's energy.
0: Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Now, just thinking about seat because we talked out there. Is, does someone, if they're developing this seat, do they need to be rigid or flexible? Can you tell us a little bit about, um you know, yeah. how much flexibility yeah. we
1: need That's have? what we. have Yeah, because
0: yeah. yeah. people can misinterpret that, can't they? A quiet seat. I've got to sit here, do nothing, and they do get nothing. rigid. Yeah. Get rigid.
1: Yeah. Right, right. And, and that's human nature, right? Ooh. And if we get up upset, we tend to just tighten up. We go into a feet position. Yep. But like we say, riding the horse is a dance. And we have to stay flexible. Rigid begets rigid. If we tighten up, the horse tightens up. And we have to be in that flexible space, that flowing space with our horse. Yep. We need to connect. We connect the heart and breath. Mm-hmm. Yep and you you feel your own pulse slow to meet his heartbeat his heart beats a lot slower than ours than yeah, mine does yes. um you control your breath and breathe from the belly you do that diaphragmatic breath from your diaphragm mm-hmm. and that gets you into a more relaxed state the moment you hold your breath you stiffen and that signals danger to the horse He'll hold his breath and he'll yeah. stiffen his body preparing to flee or at the very least, you know, he's learning to set against the aids. Mm-hmm. So that conscious relaxation and stretching of your body keeps you effective and secure because tension defeats you. Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. All
0: right. Now, from what we've done so far, horses is going well, ride is going well, but what happens if we have issues? You know, sometimes things – you might think, I've covered these points so far. I've got a quiet seat. I'm using my hands correctly. My hips and shoulders line up. I'm using my voice. I'm listening. I'm riding yeah. the horse forward. I'm flexible. But, you know, there's problems there. The horse isn't understanding what I'm trying to communicate. What happens there?
1: Uh, then you have to go back and you <laughs> have to do do something simpler or use milder equipment um, I say, I say this all the time, always return to the simplicity of the walk. Yes. Because if <laughs> if your horse is um, acting out of character, do things like check his ears for ticks, check the saddle and the bridle for fit, um, check his soundness, what's going on with his body. There's always a reason mm-hmm. for a transgression. And if you're in doubt, start over. But when issues come up while you're riding, lower the jumps trot instead of canter walk instead of trot bring yourself back to what is the simplest space where you've been where you've had some success because you're working on yourself you're working on your relationship your horse is getting relaxed and things are going well if something goes awry and you have an issue take the horse back to something that was going really well Mm -hmm. it only makes sense and as soon as you go back and you run through your steps again, it could be that your foundation wasn't quite as solid as you thought it was or it's just such a strange day that you're not going to make a lot of progress. So go and repeat something, not drill it, you know, mm, like a, mm. uh, don't make him completely bonkers by doing something over and over and over and over again until he doesn't know if he's done it right or not. Yep, yep. But, but go, go back and do several things that you both enjoy and do well. Because then that will set the foundation again. Mm -hmm. It's like just taking a little examination of, you know, where your security is, where your relationship is, where your relaxation is. And then you build on up up again. You can just start working your way back up again. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, have you got something for us to just finish off before we finish?
1: I think that you always have to end on a good note. Okay. Always, yeah, yeah. Always set your horse up for success, mm-hmm. right? You set him up for success, and when things go well, in in the lesson, reward the horse. Make him feel good about himself. Thinking one more time when things are good can backfire. I could tell you a story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, your horse is your horse isn't a vehicle. He's not a chair to sit on. Uh, the partnership is about feeling mutually successful, yes. and about him not not having to drill things over and over to prove himself. Do you want to hear a story?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so years ago, we were in Roswell, New Mexico. I had a riding school and there was an outside course at a show we were all going to go to with our horses. And there was a roll top, a white roll top, strange jump out on there. And everybody always had trouble. And we were going to make it, we're going to set up for success, right? We're going to yes. make it good. So my brother went out and measured it and he, he built the same roll top jump. in our outside course and painted it white so we had the same thing and we put these little branches that look like trees beside it and all Mm -hmm. and i set up a long jumping lane a grid to go through which was like something like maybe one stride bounce bounce two strides set them up jumping make a turn come to the roll top and take it and it worked and we all went through several times and even the little pony that, you know, <laughs> could jump anything in the world, yep. little flying creature, doing well. Yep. And I, I as the instructor, and I was young, I made the big mistake. I said, let's all do it one more time. Okay. Yeah. And we taught every single one of our school horses to refuse that job.
0: Oh, no. Yep.
1: And it, when we saw it at the show, no one took it. No. We all refused out. Yep. So yep. good lesson for me, good lesson for students and trainers, When it's going well, end on a good note.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. Yep. 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 Good idea. Good idea. I think that's, um, you know, it's just any exercise, it's anything that you're doing that just makes sense. You know, it's the the horse is happy, you're happy. And I like that um, mutually successful, you know, not just is the horse successful, the rider's got to be successful as well because they are trying to listen and understand what the horse needs. So it's a mutual successful
1: it's important. Yes. <laughs>
0: All right, Catherine. Yeah. Another one. Great. <laughs> Good to talk to us.
1: <laughs> oh, I always enjoy it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I enjoy talking to you as well. So um, thank you. we'll just catch up again and um, we'll have to talk to you again soon. I'm sure you'll come up with some great points. I'm sure you'll come up with a great subject because you always do. And meanwhile, if people would like to contact you, what do they do? Dharma Horse and follow you at Dharma Horse on Facebook?
1: Both. Yes. The yeah, the website's dot dharmahorse.org. Yes. And so there's, there's lots about us on the website. And we can keep up to date because I'm constantly updating everything on Facebook mm. so that it's part of our educational outreach for the yes. sanctuary, how yes. we do things and all the amazing things that are happening yeah. um, now with the track system. But also it's a way that we can communicate back and forth. Uh, so the Facebook page is a good place. <laughs>
0: good, good. All right, wonderful to talk to you again. And we'll talk to you again soon.
1: Thank you, Glynis.
0: If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate, and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352.